As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi there. My name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast whose co-host wishes his radio voice was as good as Aaron's, it's Sip Up. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Welcome to Sif Pop. We're streaming live most weekends. Are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Uh, nice. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my vibrant, invaluable co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds, with an emphasis on TV this week. Yeah. It's weird, though. I think I don't. I actually don't think of Netflix as television. Isn't that strange? Would you I, just think of it as a streaming? Do you yeah, separate I, streaming service from television? I do somehow. My hmm. brain, some, even though it's happening on my TV device, yeah. I, my brain, because I think I'm old enough, you know, that I actually remember... <laughs> Back in the day when I, people watched television. Well, I remember over-the-air signals. I remember antennas. You yeah. know, that to me is television. This is something else. This is internet you know, streaming. And so my brain does that thing, but it's all television. But but when you really think about it, so are the Marvel movies. How They're young, also television in some weird way. You, you know? know, I've I've thought about that. You know, so, it's a insanely long series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's just I think again, I think I've said this before, we need to stop using those distinctions and just start talking about serialized content versus, you know standalone standalone content. I think hmm. that's really the only thing we're talking about at this point. I think with that broad of a 
kind of distinction mm-hmm. whenever it comes to like award season things can get really right? choppy oh yeah no it's absolutely mad, which is why it'll never happen yeah like i mean officially but i think the more we start thinking about it in those terms it starts to at least for me coalesce a little better yeah but anyways emphasis on the tv this week as we're talking about stranger things three yeah how you doing man i'm good do you know what this episode is 200 episode 200 yeah and we're talking that? about stranger things which yeah. i really like that's a, yeah it's a good one for uh, episode 200 yeah by the way i will say this it is the official 200th episode of sif pop do you want to take a guess at how many uh 283-ish episodes are actually in the feed oh that oh so that's probably like five f- five well we're what? talking like uh sif pop and then uh-huh. the spoiler cast afterwards right and then the uh patrons show as well, no, because the because the member show isn't oh, in the feed. Right, yeah, the member so. show is its own feed. So yeah. our our Sif Pop members have their own feed that's totally different. So okay, so let's break this down. We had, I should say, you had roughly with Danae what seventy episodes before I came on it regularly. Feels right. I don't know. So well, that's at, at some point you decided to split out the spo- the spoiler episodes as a separate right episode. Right. But then other episodes you've had more than one spoiler cast. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I maybe... want an official guest from both of you. I want producer Phil to give an official. Well, oh, you may have seen it already. I've already seen it. Oh, Phil's yeah. already seen oh, it. Oh, okay. So I will say, <laughs> I don't know why 420 just popped in my head. Really. <laughs> we're going with four. We're going with 420. I don't smoke. <laughs> no, but I know why it popped in your head. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with 420 just for kicks and That's giggles. Fairly close. That's a little high. 384 actual episodes of Sif Pop in the feed. So, That's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I and I and I'll try to keep a handle on that so we know when we've got like our 500th actual episode. That's a yeah. big number, you know. And that that'll happen here within the next year or two. So yeah. Um. So fun times. I mean, and, we could just crank out a whole bunch of nothing episodes to get there sooner if you want <laughs> no no i don't think that's the way this works not the way it should work at least uh but what i do want to say is whether it's 200 or 384 uh man what a journey yeah thank uh, you and thank you thank the sif pop members for making it possible with their financial gifts yeah uh thank you to people who listen every week and now people who are watching every week who think vanilla is um, just way too crazy <laughs> I'm not going to get over that anytime soon. It's so good. Well, it does. It, it it's softened by the fact that we know there are thousands of people who listen to this podcast every week. You know what I mean? Like it is soft. If we only had like five people listening, it may hurt a little bit more. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you know there is an audience who does like our vanilla. You yeah. know, <laughs> so it makes it a little bit easier. I, here's why I love it so much because every single time I hear, I just think of somebody who just goes to like Andy's Frozen Custard or something uh-huh. and gets a vanilla and like whoa. Hold <laughs> up way too much this is crazy just, you better I, throw a blackberry in there yeah seriously i just expected ice <laughs> but you actually flavors you at actually me? creamed it <laughs> that's amazing uh no uh we are very thankful for you and oh, yeah. for uh for sticking around with us and here's to the next 200 uh we're gonna have a good time uh let's check in briefly on the summer sum game because things are starting every week now to coalesce a little bit more uh two big movements uh officially uh, secret life of pets has officially passed pokemon so that'll change some things up and toy story 4 has officially passed aladdin so that's kind of shifted some
some things too. Mm. Now it won't really come into focus until Lion we see not only what Lion King does opening weekend, but how that falls off. Because what's been interesting is movies like John Wick have had decent opening weekends, but then have had steady, you know, inclines. And so they find themselves, you know, better places. And it looks like Toy Story 4 is one of those movies that's having good legs. And so it's going to keep climbing. Spider-Man, it's a little too early to tell, but it looks like it might drop off a little bit more. Oh, really? Um, Where's it at right now, roughly? Four or five-ish? It's at four right now. It will pass Aladdin within two weeks. Do you think Um, it'll pass Toy Story? That's what I wonder. If you look at that's the most interesting part of the graph right now mm-hmm. is watching Toy Story 4 versus Spider-Man Far From Home because not only are they neck and neck, but they're offset because Spider-Man came out on a Tuesday and Toy Story came out on a regular Thursday night, right? Yeah. And so their their big like spikes are at different points in their process mm-hmm. and so it's hard to really uh. tell who's doing like right now Toy Story 4 is doing better. Yeah, but Spider Man's about to have another big spike this week. You know, weekend. Yeah. So it'll it'll be it'll be fascinating to see uh, how that one shakes out. It's going to be close. I really think it's going to be close. And then Lion King, I think, might be close to those two too, or it might blow them both out of the water. So yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting with Spider Man too. All uh, Spider Man also because <laughs> um, of the fact that a lot of Marvel movies are often impacted by hype for the next movie coming out Mm -hmm. and there is no next movie coming out so there's really no reason for people to go okay well let's go see it again just so we can you know get you know in case there's any backstory we need to get a hold of you know for marvel Mm -hmm. mcu knowledge but no not with this one so you see it and you're done for a long time with marvel yeah it's it's going to be a fascinating thing so i'm excited to see What's happening with the summer sum game? Also, because I think I'm in the hunt. I think I might be in the hunt again for a win. And it all comes down to the bottom of the. Everybody thinks it comes down to the top, but it actually comes down to what you pick at the end of the chart. And yeah. I've got Pokemon and Godzilla is nine and ten, and it looks like they're going to be nine and ten, unless Once Upon a Time in Hollywood jumps up over Godzilla. Um, but I just saw an article recently that Once Upon a to- uh, Time in Hollywood just uh, downgraded their projections like in a major way. And it looks like it's not going to have enough time to, you know, get. it'll get close to 100 million. Um, so so it still could be close because I think Godzilla's sitting at like 110. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting. So, you know, I think, yeah. I think I'm still in the hunt on this. It just makes me happy Godzilla's going to be in the top 10 possibly. <laughs> That's all I care about. If it lands at number 10, it'll be, I think, the third year in a row I've picked the number 10 movie right. Really? So, yeah, which is a fascinating thing to try to do. Well, it'll be the third year in a row I made a fool of myself with my picks. (laughs) So we're each going for our streak. Your picks aren't that bad. I think you're in, like, fifth place with the gurus right now. Oh, that's not true. There's no way I'm that high up. I mean, it's possible right now because things are going to change. Are there six? (laughs) No. I think there's, like, 20 or so. Oh, yeah. I got plenty of time to screw stuff up. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into the show. Uh, we're going to have some fun talking about Stranger Things season three. I will be honest with you. Most of that fun is going to be in the spoiler cast, probably because they're you know this is a hard thing to talk about without spoiling. Apologies to producer Phil who got two episodes away from finishing season three before having to come in the room with us and, oh, and hear about no, spoilers. Oh, dude. <laughs> to be fair, I did start with season one like yeah. a week and a half ago. So oh, so you're you're just plowing through the whole yeah. series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, apologies in advance for you know him having to uh, sit through some pretty.
pretty big spoilers that happened in those last two episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but we are going to do non-spoiler talk in this podcast. So if you haven't seen any of Stranger Things season three and you're saving it, you should be safe through this podcast. Uh, the next podcast in the feed, hold on to that till you're all the way through and then and then listen to that. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, we're also going to talk about Stuber, mm-hmm. uh, the new Camille Nanjiani and Dave Batista uh, buddy, you know. Kind of movie. Buddy I was about comedy. to say buddy cop drama, but, but it's not really. Not really. It's more buddy comedy kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we've got a... Uh, Sif Quest. That is super good. Yeah. Sif Quest about the Oscars. Uh, we've got <laughs> Any Sif Quest where we get to imagine we have power <laughs> is right. one of my favorites. Yeah. You we were know? just talking about stroking our egos and stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah. If you want to know how to get on the Sif Quest, make us gods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's basically how it works. Yep. Or send us a video uh, that we can yeah. that we can play or audio clip. We love those kind of questions. It's just more fun to f- hear the questions in the people's voice, right? Like it's just it's more personal. It that feels way. more personal that way. So um, so excited for that. I got a hair that's curling up and going in my nose. Really? Yeah. You know, you didn't have to say that. This is an audio podcast. Nobody can see that. I know, but you, <laughs> I could just imagine you looking at me like, "Why is he keep touching his face?" I'm like, I can't stop getting tickled. <laughs> I, do, well, I mean, have you just not trimmed in a while, or you just? Actually, they grow out. I just uh, I, I trimmed it nice and smooth for my date yesterday. Uh, so, yeah. And it's just it's just grown that much since then. <laughs> You're just the Jeremiah Johnson of uh, you know of this podcast. It's weird. I never. I oh, know we're really going off topic. No, I want to talk about this. That's why I said. That's why okay. I said Jeremiah Johnson. I never because really... it's been fascinating on Twitter to watch this. But go ahead. What my beard? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, I just never really thought of myself as a guy who could really grow facial hair all uh-huh. that quickly. Yeah. Apparently, I am now. That's nice. That's fun. Yeah. yeah I thought you were going to talk about the Jeremiah Johnson thing. Who's maybe maybe Jeremiah you're totally Johnson? unaware of this because I know you're not on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Who's do you Jeremiah know the, Johnson? Do you know the animated? Uh, let's. I've got to get this right. Animated GIF. Yes. Animated GIF uh, from Jeremiah Johnson. Phil shaking his head. Listen. You go. You got to go with the official, right? You got to let Webster's tell you. Uh, so of, um, of the guy shaking his head, like, um, man, it's hard to, it's hard to do without a visual. It really is. I apologize. Oh, wow. It's, I wish we had an outlet where we could actually, you know, <laughs> show images and videos and stuff. I mean, I know who Jeremiah Johnson is. It's the Robert Redford movie, but I don't yes. know this. So here's the GIF thing. Here's, or GIF here, here, you're talking here, about. Here's the thing. The thing is this. A lot of people thought that was Zach Galifianakis. But it's Robert Redford. Okay, <laughs> I can actually see that now that I'm thinking about it. Right. So, so it's this weird thing where Zach Galifianakis and Robert Redford do not look alike, but because it's this low res thing and it kind of the look on his face is kind of of a Galifianakis look, uh, people just assumed it was from something Zach Galifianakis made that they hadn't seen. So a lot of people thought it it was actually Zach Galifianakis. So there was an article. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Um, so, I think I've actually seen it where he's just nodding. Yeah. Like, Hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, you can show that to our video viewers if you want, even though this is an no, audio podcast. No, okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's an audio podcast, so they don't get... They don't, they get, don't get special to, treatment? No, apparently uh, Anyways... Not. Aaron it's, says... It's been fascinating to watch the backlash against like film people who are like, how can you think that's Zach Galifianakis? That's Jeremiah Johnson. It's Robert Redford. He does, he's a blonde hair. He's like, where, where did you think Zach Galifianakis was in the woods? And I'm just thinking, I'm sitting this whole time thinking, what a snob you're being. Like the idea that somebody would have to have seen all of Zach Galifianakis's movies and not know that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just this weird thing with like, don't, 
don't, I don't know. I, I try to live my life where I don't make fun of people for their ignorance, right? Like ignorance is something you, you don't know what you don't know. There are plenty of things I don't know. And just because if one of them was the fact that, you know, Zach Galifianakis, uh, you know, wasn't in a woodsman movie or whatever, you, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird to, to make fun of me for that. Oh, now you are showing the, mm-hmm. an, the animated GIF. It's, it's an audio podcast, Andrew. You just. Nope, nope. You misheard. You misheard. Uh, anyways, I'm glad we talked about that because I wanted to get that off my chest. Okay. Quit making fun of people for the stuff they don't know. Yeah. It's you my know? job. <laughs> it's Andrew's job. Yeah. Uh, anyways, every week we like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss and we must decide, do we care? Or not. Number one, <laughs> HBO Max is now joining in the streaming service wars. Yeah. So they're going to have Warner properties, mm-hmm. DC Universe properties. I thought I heard DC Universe was staying out of the HBO Max thing. It's staying in. They're just not changing anything. With oh, it. A I lot see. of people were concerned that HBO Now was going to be like taking over DC Universe and like changing the properties, which me, in my mind, I was thinking, Swamp Thing? <laughs> Are they going to save Swamp Thing? No, they're not. So um, so then, uh, I'm trying to remember, there was a couple others that were actually joining in. It's going to be in the higher end of uh, streaming services, as far as price-wise, anyway. Yeah. Um, because what uh, HBO now is 15 a month, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to be cheaper for me in the long run, because uh, paying for HBO now, as well as DC Universe Online, having those, uh, you know collaborated into just one now we don't know that for certain because what i heard is they are considering a price increase uh for this service oh yeah it's going to be roughly like 20 bucks a month okay like they that. have said that i didn't know they had officially said i just that. i'm ballparking it here okay so they haven't officially said i i will say this if they go to 1999 i think that's ridiculous i i think they will take themselves right out of the streaming wars uh at 1999 disney is coming out with seven a month five times as much content yeah at 6.99 a month like, I, I just, like, welcome to the competitive free market, HBO, yeah. you know? Here's the other thing I don't understand about this. The branding is HBO Max. So Warner is so convinced that HBO is the strongest brand of what they have that they're going with HBO as the brand of this streaming service. But it's a culmination. But it's but because it's an umbrella, because it's everything, I really feel like they should have come up with a new name, you know, and then put HBO under it. Because the people who love HBO, they're going to subscribe to it for the HBO. But people who see it as HBO Max are just going to be like, well, I don't, I don't need HBO. Yeah. I mean, you know Game what I mean? Game of Thrones like isn't a thing anymore. Right. There's that surface level of branding that I just think this is a real mistake. Yeah. Um, so I think I think they should have created some sort of an umbrella brand yeah. that would cover the whole thing. Having said that, I am paying for HBO already. Right. And I'm paying for DCU. So if the price works out to where I get extra stuff on top of it, I'll still get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's a lot of confidence they, they're putting in that they name, though. Are really Whew. just... Um, yeah. Are they really just uh, putting all their chips in on people like me? Or do they right. even find themselves to be a competitive, you know, with this upper echelon of Netflix or Disney? Or do they <laughs> see themselves as like a secondary tier? Of course they see themselves as first tier. Everybody really? does. Of course of course they think they should be first tier. Like it's it's one of those things where that's the blind spot. The blind spot is they don't realize they are fighting for that one slot that's left. 
of the four, maybe five that people are willing to subscribe to. Yeah. Netflix, Disney, Amazon are locks, yeah. right? Um, you, and Disney's not even out yet, and it's a lock. It's it's a lock, right? Yeah. So you've got that fourth slot, and guess guess some of the names that are competing for that fourth slot: Google, you, yeah, Apple, Apple, Warner, Universal. Like this is CBS All Access. <laughs> uh, CBS is a Viacom property, right? A Viacom is one of those. You know, they will be competing. Um, so so yeah, it's it's. It's fascinating to me that that they think this is a strong enough play to solidify that four slot. I thought they I actually think they have the lead for that four slot. I think people love their HBO and they're producing incredible content. Yeah. But uh, but I don't know, man. It's if you're going to charge 20 bucks a month, that makes it tough. And in case people don't know, the reason why we're not mentioning Hulu is because it's uh, inside the Disney. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It is part of Disney now. Yeah. So, although for some people that will be the fourth service, you know, like they they will consider that a separate separate service. Oh, okay. So you're saying like instead of just getting Disney, that they'll well, wouldn't it be cheaper to technically get Disney instead of Hulu by itself? <laughs> well, I think if I'm understanding correctly, Hulu yeah. will be an additional charge on oh above the six ninety nine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be like nine ninety nine for Disney Plus Hulu. I wonder because um, I'm paying right now in Hulu for no ads. If right. that'll even be right. more, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It, Probably again, fascinating. This is the most fascinating part of of modern like culture uh, content distribution to me. Um, because I, I am absolutely fascinated to see how it all shakes out. Here's what's surprising to me about this whole thing. What about the old guard? Why have we not been seeing them? I'm talking like Dish Network or, you know, all these other, you know, classic ways mm-hmm. people were, you know, getting content. Why are we not seeing a push from them do you think it's because they just they're run by old people who are just set in their ways, or do you think it's just we I think you don't can, know how to adapt? I think you can draw it down to one single moment uh, that happened. I'm gonna. I don't know the exactly. I could look it up, um, and maybe even Phil could look it up. But if there was a moment in the history of Dish and DirecTV where they were going to merge. Do you remember this? No. Dish TV and 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 uh, our Dish Network and DirecTV had all everything set to become one satellite company and the government disallowed it. Oh yeah, it's a monopoly. It said it was a monopoly. And Dish and Direct argued, I think rightly, that it's not a monopoly in content distribution. It's a monopoly in satellite, but satellite is only one piece of this content distribution. Yeah. So they have both withered since that moment because they were right. They in order to survive, they needed to come together. And if they had I believe they would be more of a player in this. I believe whatever that DirecTV dish combination mm-hmm. would have been, would have seen the future enough and had the resources enough to start planning their own streaming service, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just it's fascinating how those those one decisions can change everything. And I really think this is this is one of those moments yeah. where that happened. But yeah, they were they were denied that that merger and it just has it's never been the same since. Yeah. So yeah. Fun talk. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Chris Rock and Sam Jackson to star in Saw, produced by Chris Rock. Interesting. We, talk, we talked about uh, Chris Rock actually producing a Saw movie, um, but now we've learned that it's actually going to be 
both him and Sam Jackson starring in it as well, with um, Sam Jackson playing his father. Uh, I think it's like he's Chris Rock is like doing. Was it Danny Glover in the first Saw movie who was like the detective? Like trying to find every, it's been a long time since I've seen the Saw movies. Uh, can I just be? I've never seen a single Saw movie. Oh really? Yeah, I I have no desire. Phil, can you back me up here? Danny Glover first Saw movie. I'm looking at. It. Okay, I'm right. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes, you're right. Yeah, of course I am. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting because the Saw the first Saw movie is actually a pretty decent movie. It's not gory compared to the other ones. There's actually a uh, an interesting premise to it. But, uh, yeah, not the best. Uh, but this is intriguing because just seeing comedy guys dipping their toe in the horror genre mm-hmm. and it working so well lately, it's it's an intriguing time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think it will maintain the torture porn aspect of the Saw movies, or do you think they're going to clean it up a little bit and make it more of like an escape room kind of That's feel? what the first Saw movie is. The first Saw movie is an escape room movie. Except it's it's an escape room where it lingers on the most grotesque parts of figuring, and it's not, and it's not it's, puzzles as much as it is trauma. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Not the first one. And again, really this is, is from ignorance. This yeah. is I have not seen it, but this is my understanding. There, there definitely is a, a gore element, you know, but nowhere near compared to any of the sequels. The sequels okay. get so the sequels is ridiculous. where it really gets ridiculous. Yeah. So basically, what happened is first, Saw was kind of a rated R escape room. Yeah. In some ways. That was bloody. And then it was successful enough that the producers thought, oh, let's lean in to the gore and the torture. That's exactly and then, what happened. Okay, this ha- this happens all the time where producers lean into the wrong things. Yep. <laughs> like- it was exactly. Um, because the whole movie is, if you haven't seen Saw, I'm breaking down the first movie. It's been out for, what, 20 years now? Yeah, I don't like care. I haven't seen so, it. You can spoil me. It's Carrie Elwes, you know, in the first one. and so- Which, by the way, in one of our reviews today... It's true. I'm super <laughs> stoked to talk about this. Um, but it's him and some other guy. They're trapped in a room. Their legs are chained, and they got to find a way to get out of the room. And they think the only way to get out is to cut their leg off. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, there's got to be another way. You know, there's a dead body in the middle. Maybe he's a clue or something like that. Right, yeah, yeah. Turns out he was alive yeah. the whole time. His first Saw movie is good. It's not like, wow, that's good. It's It's good. You know, it's a good movie. Okay. There's, there's been millions. I feel the same way about Escape Room. It's good. There's it's been millions movie. of good movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was good enough to launch, I don't know how many movies there have been right. now. Um, I hope that this, what Chris and Sam are doing here, is going back to that style. Mm. Because that was what was really intriguing. Because in your head, you're thinking... Oh man, there's 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 got to be some secret way for them to get out, you know. What if it's it's a horrible way, but it's also the easy way out, you know, them cutting off their leg. There's got to be some trick to getting out of this room, you know. And yeah. uh if they can lean back into that like the uh try to outsmart instead of, you know, outgore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And then, and then I guess, you know, if if it is here's my question reformed then for you. Yeah. Do you think they will leave it rated R? 
Or do you think they will try to go more accessible with a PG-13? No, they'll go. They're still okay. going to go R. So if they go for rated R escape room, I might actually check it out. Like there's, you know, as long as I don't feel like the whole point is just to make me squirm because people are cutting their legs off. Yeah. And I'm just like, that. I'm not, I'm not into that. That doesn't excite me whatsoever. But if actually is a puzzle, if it is one of those things that's interesting and intricate and like yeah. then. So I will I will wait until I hear from someone else. <laughs> Here's what I can relate uh, to you where you are my understand. The first Saw movie is like gore element. I would compare to Seven, the Brad Pitt movie. Okay. You know? It's kind of along those lines as level of violence and gore. It's really just the uh, the tone overall is just unsettling as opposed to, you know, just guts flying all over the room and like two okay. trillion gallons of fake blood everywhere. Way <laughs> more blood that's in the human body, you know. <laughs> Coming out through a paper cut. Uh huh. Yes. Because <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. So, number three. Number three. Number three. We got a new Power Rangers movie is currently in the works. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to stop you. A new Krispy Kreme movie is in the works. <laughs> this is not a sequel. Oh. It's another reboot. Oh. So, it might be Dunkin' Donuts. It might be Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> or, um, what's the, uh, what's the Canadian version of, uh, the, you Tim know, Hortons? The, Tim Hortons, yeah. It might be Tim Hortons. <laughs> I don't know that they're a donut place, but yeah. Tim they... Hortons sells coffee. Yeah, well, they're definitely a donut place. Tim Are Hort- they? Yeah, because that's the big thing. Canada is always uh, proclaiming that Tim Hortons is so much better than Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, I thought it was about the coffee, though. I didn't realize it was. I didn't realize they sold donuts. I thought they sold more like actual food. I'm pretty sure it's a donut thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anywho. I haven't been to one, so <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't know. Tell me about the Power Rangers. All I know is that St. George is better than both of them. <laughs> um, We've got a new donut place in town here. It is unbelievable. Which one? Uh, it's called SNL, I think. Saturday Night Live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. S and L. Oh, S and L. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I can't make a pun out of that. I, I tried for like a <laughs> second, but if I if I w- lingered any too long, it wouldn't be worth it. Well, it's it's the relationship combination of Steve Harrington and Eleven. It's SNL. Okay. So, there, you there go. we go. All right, continue. Uh, so yeah, interesting. Um, is it too soon for a Power Rangers reboot? Yeah, of course. Is it was the first one bad enough to where you didn't need a sequel? No, no, it was good that's, enough. And that's my thing. Yeah, the first one had a lot of promise, right? Yeah. Why not build on that? Yeah, I like the first one. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is the most blatant product placement in the history of filmmaking, <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Like, not even. It is literally the most blatant product placement ever. Yeah. Um. There were parts of it that were cool and modernized, but there were also parts of it that were cheesy and campy that, you know, sure. people like me who grew up watching the show could relate to. But the characters were great. I thought the actors and oh, actresses were great. That ensemble worked that, really it well. It really did. I'm totally with you. I don't understand why they're rebooting instead of yeah. doing and a sequel with, also, with these actors. first openly gay superhero was in mm-hmm. that Power Rangers movie. People don't realize that. Is that true? Yeah, I'm 100% true. Okay. I'm serious on that. All right. The Somebody first, did the research. Yeah, and, the okay. first openly gay superhero was in Saban's Power Ranger that came out three years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. In a movie, anyway. You know? Right. Yeah. Because there's been plenty I of I assume that's what you mean. Yeah. Meant, but yeah. And just in case, people. I got to clarify. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Um, why? Why do... I mean, I wanted a new Power Rangers movie. They set up sequels. With uh, that one, you know, with the, uh, they kept talking about Tommy, you know, and the Green Ranger, you know, mm-hmm. which oh, I would have been super stoked to see because Tommy was always my favorite. The Dragon Ranger. <laughs> oh, I just want that dagger. Phil, do you remember the dagger? 
the Green Ranger's dragon dagger. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's a it's a dagger that he turned into a flute. Nice. And then the flute. <laughs> it's an it's ocarina. A, yeah, I, I it's an ocarina. That. Yeah, and uh, then he would summon a dragon droid from the sea. Wow. But, and but that you're right. The the movie that came out three years ago, like it. And very intentionally at the end of that movie sets up a sequel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we will never see that movie now. I know. <laughs> the cast was good. Speaking of the cast, one the Red Ranger, uh, Jason, mm-hmm. he's in Stranger Things three. We're talking about him today. Right. Yeah. <sighs> he's a good actor. That whole cast meshed well together. It was a. You can tell how <laughs> into this I am and how frustrated yeah, I am. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating that they would pour money into redoing everything instead yeah. of just kind of continuing something that kind of worked in a lot of ways. I know. So well, That's interesting. Now, unless this is like, because I don't know if you know this or not, Aaron, there are different versions of the Power Rangers. I have no clue. Okay. I'm not up on my Power Ranger yeah. there's, ephemera. There's like a Power Rangers, which is the classic with the dragon or the dinosaur uh, droids. And then there's like train versions. They go... They go train re- versions? They go really dumb. Is it because they choo-choo-choose you? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, there's, there, there's so many like uh, different versions of Power Rangers over the years that they've come oh, out with. I don't know if it's when they talk about reboot or something like that, that that's what they're talking about. Like, oh, we're going to go with one of the more... Because Power Rangers is still on TV. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just going to do like whatever run they have right now, if that's what they're doing. But uh, no, the classic one is the one that everybody loved because it was stock footage from the Japanese show when they were in costumes. And then whenever they weren't in costume, they used the American actors. And it just somehow, I never knew it's that great. as a kid. Yeah, no, no, no. It's they pieced so bad. it all together to make it work. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. I think they did that with one of the uh, Japanese game shows, one of the first like versions of Wipeout. Uh, I remember the- there being uh, Most Extreme Elimination. Yeah, something like that, where it was it was a show in Japan first, and then and they, they just, just dubbed it. They just dubbed it and had American announcers who would be announcing instead. Yeah, I think it's most extreme elimination. So that was always fascinating to that me. That was a funny show. All right. All right, but you know what? What? That's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Uh, let's get into it. Let's let's uh, let's go back to Hawkins for Stranger Things three. It doesn't make sense. I closed the gate. What if he never left? What if we locked him out here with us? He'd want to attach himself to someone again. A new host. In the summer of 1985 in Hawkins, the new Starcourt Mall has become the focal point of the town, driving other stores out of business. Sheriff Jim Hopper is conflicted over Eleven and Mike's budding relationship, while Joyce considers moving out of Hawkins for better prospects, leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with Hopper in the air. However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly, and Eleven and Max sense something is off about the town's residents, and despite having closed the portal to the upside down fears that they are all in danger still reside stranger things season three or i like what they do here they just call it stranger things three like yeah. their movies right like it was stranger things two and this is stranger things three so 
How did you feel about Stranger Things 3? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Loved it. Yeah? Loved it. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Strong loved it, even. Oh, yeah. This is so good. Is this the best season? I. It might be. Yeah. It's hard It's hard to put it above season one, just because, like... It, it was, came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere and surprised so many people. But at the same time, I think if you actually put them on the scales... Recency bias, full effect here, I'm sure. But if you just put them on the scales, there are a lot of things season three does better than season one. Yeah, and I, it's it's fascinating to me uh, that they've managed to pull off a season three that's this good. Yeah, it's, it's normally really this fun. is when things fall off. Right, exactly. Yeah. But this is so cohesive. Can we talk about that first? Yeah. From episode one through episode eight, everything here just feels like a straight. Bar- you know, fully loaded barrels, you know, shooting yeah. story that just goes. And it's so great. Here's the thing. There are so many different branches as far as story arcs go. You know, mm-hmm. you have this group and this group and this sure. group. Which you have to do because when they're there's all together, there's, yeah, there's so many of them. <laughs> exactly. But um, it every single time they, like, go from one to another, I'm al- I've always been like, ooh, I forgot, but well, let's see where they've yeah, been now. Yeah, what are these people doing now? Yeah, and it's been that with every single group. There's never, There was never a single group where I was like, okay, let's just get through with these so I can get back to the others. Mm-hmm. Every single group I was totally invested in. Yeah, and yeah. the reason, and one of the reasons for that is the show hasn't forgot to live with its characters either. Yeah. There's stuff that happens where Steve Harrington works now that is just very authentic and real and just feels like a very lived-in place. You know, this, this show, for all its kind of 80s aesthetic... Um, and I don't even just mean design. I mean actual aesthetic of filmmaking. Yeah. Because th- they are making these seasons like 80s movies. You know, yeah. the, the way they use tropes, the way they use different things is very much, you know, the way 80s movies would do it. Um, and they are not shy about references. And, man, when we get to spoilers, like, there's there's some very specific things I, I noticed in this that I'm just like... Man, you're not shy. Like you're just no. you're just you are shameless, man. And there, I don't care. Like it's absolutely. so fun. Oh, there's a scene in the final episode of this season. It might be my favorite moment in the entire series. Yeah. And it's just so fun, put a smile on my face, and it's so out of place, but so perfectly placed at the same time. I can't wait to hear what it is. Oh, there's no way you don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 of course, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, it's so perfect. I loved it so much. It made my day. I can't tell you how many times I've watched that scene over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, that is a great scene. Um, the Dustin-Steve buddy duo is my favorite thing to come out of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Because these two guys... Yeah. That's perfect timing, Phil. You are good. It's an audio podcast, Andrew. It's an audio podcast. Yeah, you keep saying that. <laughs> um, but... It's something that came out of nowhere in season two, and it's something I didn't know I needed in my life, but yeah. I totally do. Yeah. Because, you know, they really didn't spend that much time in season one together, you know? Yeah. Cause, well, and the addition of Robin to that oh, group is she's so, so good. She's so great. She might be one of the best parts of this season. In in a cast full of great parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's nobody's stealing the show because everybody's so good. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a weak link in the cast, and I, I think we all probably do, just somebody that you don't feel is connecting the way that the others <laughs> are but in a cast this big the fact that i only really can think of one <laughs> is mm-hmm. kind of saying something yeah so yeah uh man it's so good uh like you said the nostalgia i was afraid that you know it would kind of wear on me but it mm-hmm. doesn't you know they always find a way to make you excited you know about tropes like 
I don't know if this is a spoiler to talk about the big red scare, you know? Mm -hmm. I I think in general we can talk about the Russians are involved in this one. Yeah. Uh, And that is very much an 80s trope. Very much an 80s trope. Right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, (laughs) but here's the thing. Whenever they do a, a classic 80s trope, it's always in a smart way. Mm-hmm. It's always something that's believable, you know? Well, <laughs> but again, it's but you, smart enough to where you could conceivably buy into it. Here's here's the fascinating thing to me about Stranger Things that we've already touched on, and you said the word believable, and I think it plays into it. The fascinating things is it's not really believable. But what's fascinating about it is 80s movies aren't really believable. And, and the idea that this is an 80s movie at the same time as it is about people who lived in the 80s. Yeah. So you've got the double nostalgia of not only you're dealing with, oh, you remember that thing in the 80s? Oh, you remember that song? Oh, you remember that movie? But you're also dealing with, oh, you remember how in movies in the 80s they, they would this. do this thing? Yeah. And, and that happens so much in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we do get to spoilers in the Sif spoil, um, you know, obviously we'll be talking with you know about more specifics. But it's just that's the fascinating thing to me that they've done is they've created the nostalgia not just for the '80s paraphernalia, but yeah. for the '80s style of movie making. Yeah, and they've round they've they've glossed up the edges so that it feels modern. Like it doesn't, you know, it's it's um it's definitely technically more astute. Oh yeah, when you look at but like the demogorgons the, and the upside down, right, everything exactly. is you know very realistic. But they're using those storytelling techniques that have kind of fallen by the wayside mm-hmm. because it's just cliche, right? Yeah. Like in the fact that they make even fun. I go back to season one, which we can do specifics from season one because people should have seen sure. that by now, right? Yeah. Um, Phil. You know, there, there's, oh, Phil's seen season one. Season yeah, he's, two. he's only missed the last two episodes. I feel for so Phil. bad for Poor you. Phil. Um, You're just gonna have to earmuffs it for the spoiler for the, for the Sif spoil. But you go back to season one, and there's this moment where they're all drinking around the pool, and you know this party or whatever, and, and Nancy calls out Steve Harrington is like, "What are you? Just some sort of bad boy cliche?" Yeah. And it's like it's the same time. It's very meta because it's calling out this thing where that '80s movies were. That's where the cliches came from in some of these cases. You yeah. know. Um, so I don't know. I am fascinated by it. I'm enthralled by it. It's great storytelling, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's very understandable. I was never confused. I knew where everybody was. I knew what everybody's motivations were. Mm -hmm. I knew where they were going, what they were attempting to accomplish. I knew the possible things that might get in their way. I was, you know, like it's in, and yet there, there are surprises that I didn't know were coming in the story. Um, but I knew exactly how the characters would react to him because I, you yeah. know, it's not confusing at all. So yeah, the tropes. It, it's weird because, like you said, the the stylization of it. I'm talking about like CGI and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Looks very modern. The way they react to stuff is very modern. It's very you know realistic. Like that's how people would react. But the setting and the vibe and the tone is very nostalgic. Here's something else I love about this, and they've done this in every single season. They tell you the plot of what's going to happen. In the season, and always right. in the beginning, you just got to look at the D and D game they're game they're playing. How have the kids not figured out that the story arcs in their D and D game is exactly how the show plays <laughs> out? You know, I'm like it's it's right there in front of you. You've been saying it, so I'm I've always been wondering: Are they the ones actually creating? Mm, interesting. Yeah. I don't know that the show is going to go that. That is a more modern trick. Yeah. Than an '80s trick, and so I don't know that the show is going to go to that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I do have a very, very solid hunch about season four. 
that I cannot wait to talk about in the Sif Spoil. Mm. So I think there are some subtle and even not so subtle hints about what might happen in season four that happened throughout season three. I can't wait yeah. to talk about this in the Sif yeah. Spoil. I will say, though, I know we've been praising the crap out of it. Yeah. I ha- I think there's some flaws in this season. Sure, let's talk about them. There are some... I don't know if you would say glaring, but there are some prominent plot story arcs and stuff that are just there without any explanation. And I don't know if it's being set up for you know, a new season or whatever. Okay. But if you're going to go an entire season without explaining something, I'm saying it's a flaw. Okay. You know, you can't. I can't say, well, in the future they could possibly talk about this. No, sure. you gave me an entire season. You gave me eight hour-long episodes. You had plenty of time to explain to me how this, why this, what this. You yeah. Know? Um, I can't wait to hear specifics because yeah. I, I try, I'm racking my brain, and I'm not thinking of a lot of flaws like that. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to hear. Hear yeah. what you have to say. Yeah. Uh, my my weak link, uh, weak link, uh, unfortunately, and again, uh, when we talk about child actors, yeah, uh, we basically just kind of say it quickly and move on, yeah, um, because there's a lot of growing still to do there. Um, but I think uh, Will was the one that was kidnapped in the first year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Will's the weak link. I just it's hard really? for me. Yeah, it's hard for me to connect with him. He had that one scene though where he's in his little hideout. It was so powerful. It was. For me. It's it's a great scene. I you know I just compared to the charisma of like everybody else on the screen. There's just there's just something I don't connect to uh, about him. But that's that's really the only weak link uh, in the acting cast as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be Lucas, just because I don't know what he's really bringing to the table besides you know him and oh what's his girlfriend's name? I can't remember her now. Uh, Max. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny their dynamic. You know how they're supposedly the. Uh, the know-it-alls on how relationships mm-hmm. works and stuff like that. That's An interesting fun. dynamic we saw recently in uh, Far From Home, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think they did it better in Far From Home because it was just more ridiculous, you know? Right. Um, but other than that, I didn't, re- didn't really see how they pushed the plot forward. But um, the characters are great and funny. But I think as far as like actually moving forward with the plot His and everything. His sister's great, too. She had a bigger role in this season. And I, it made me so mad that she wasn't used in previous <laughs> seasons to this extent because she is so good. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Oh, she is so funny. And how she keeps calling out like... You know, I'm I'm like nine. I shouldn't be doing this. You, child endangerment. Child endangerment. Yeah. Operation Child Endangerment. You know, stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely wonderful. The other thing I don't connect to extremely is uh, Nancy and uh, his name just slipped my my brain. The older brother. Not w- the, the older buyers. Yeah. Jonathan. Have, is it Jonathan? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, Jonathan Byers. Yeah. So Nancy and Jonathan's relationship, I don't quite buy either, and I don't know why that is, um, but it just it feels really put on to me. Um, I don't know, and so that affects quite a bit of this show because that's something the show wants you to buy into. I think actually, I'm going to push back on that. I think that's that fine. Did, I, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad he, people here's do why it. I'm pushing back. I think that I'm pushing back because I think that for season one. You know, you're left with the whole, oh, man, it's Nancy and Jonathan that should be get, get together, not Nancy and Steve, you know? Right, that's the point. Yeah, that's yeah. The, one of the tropes in season and one. And then season two is them actually getting together. Right. But then I think season three is them, like, 
maybe it wasn't the happy, you know, happily ever after story we thought it was going to be. I think that we're actually seeing like a, uh, uh, it's not always, you know, greener on the other side of the pasture, you yeah. know, sort of thing, yeah. which I like. I like that, you know, it's not, everybody's relationship isn't always solid, you know, because that's, that's real life, you know? Mm-hmm. The people you thought would be perfect together, sometimes just, you know, there's going to be rocky, you know, things in the way. You yeah. Know? Hurdles to, you know, jump over because I've done track. <laughs> I know I know how, how, how running and jumping works. <laughs> uh, I don't really have much else I want to dive into until Jake we do Busey. the fifth one. <laughs> just, want, just want to give him a shout out. Shout out to Jake Busey. Yeah. It's always good to see a Busey in something. Oh, yeah. You can never have too many Buseys. No, yeah. No, you can never reach Max Busey. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm waiting for them to actually cast Gary Busey as the Demogorgon. <laughs> like, if the Demogorgon ever gets a voice, it's just, hey, <laughs> sauerkraut. <laughs> um, so, strangely enough, uh, I, you know, for your one last thing, I guess we should say stick around through the credits. Yeah. Which, that I think that's where a lot of theories are going to be, you know culminating from you know what i love about uh about netflix one of the things i love about netflix is you know when you have to stick around through the credits they don't have the next episode yeah they don't have to pop up the next episode in five second thing yeah until they know they're done Uh, yeah i always click on the screen and see how long the credits are and uh if it's longer than normal like oh something's coming yeah yeah but also like you said yeah there's never the continue next episode or yeah the suggestion page that pops up or whatever Mm -hmm. so i'm just like oh something's coming because they aren't moving me along how dare you put a skip intro on stranger things i totally disagree i skip it every time are you serious oh yeah not me i skip every tv intro every time once you've heard it like i, I could mean, listen, listen to that intro listen every time fine. listen to it on spotify i want to get to the story <laughs> like i've heard the song i want to get to the story. and i can hear the song anytime i want i can you know it's just i i want to get to the story i think the stranger things intro reminds me so much of like an emotional like you know, experience. I think it's great, right? I'm I not totally saying get it's that not you great. think it's great. I just, but it, it reminds me of like the MCU. You know, like mm-hmm. somebody will say something, and then dun, and then the Avengers mm-hmm. logo will pop up, and you go, "Oh, here we go." That's how Stranger Things is with me. You know, yeah. it's just do no 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 no. I'm like, "Ooh, here we go." <laughs> I always get the goosebumps. I, that I totally understand. I used to be that way. I really did, but I was that way in an age where we really couldn't skip through the inter- like the X Files. Like, I cranked that intro every time it happened. Um, oh, totally, yeah. Uh, but anymore, I'm just like, tell me the story, man. Give me to the story. If I want to hear the the song again and, you know, see the red letters zooming in, yeah. I will, uh, I'll, I'll do that on my own time. Thank you. So, in season two, they had episode, or chapter seven, The Lost Sister. Okay. The episode everybody hated. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite, like, an episode that you just look at and you're like, that's the one. It just didn't work for me. No, no, I honestly don't. I, I'm the same way. I'm hearing people say that about um, what episode was it? It was an earlier one, like number three or number two. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that was just a. It was a nothing episode. But I, I disagree. don't remember that. I don't remember any nothing. It seemed like something was happening all the time. And the it, stuff, honestly, it, and it made was a me great, think. It was a great rhythm. Because yeah. it wasn't like you were so, like, something was always happening to the point where you were just always anxious. Yeah. It would break it down, and they'd have those beautiful moments. Um, I And every time there's a moment, there's something on the screen that is a nod to something or is nostalgic for some reason. Or, like, there's always something keeping my attention and, and making me happy, so... 
for some reason this season seemed shorter than all the others and i had to go well, back and it's better i think yeah it just because i couldn't stop watching it maybe, yeah, yeah that i was like man this seems like it was over pretty quick and i go back and i'm like well yeah they're all eight or nine episodes mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah i can't recommend enough if you're a stranger things fan you're more than likely there's no way we're gonna praise it so much but like, if you're oh, phil I who two weeks ago hadn't watched a single episode of stranger things you know shame no i mean shame. just do it just i'm just telling you this is this is really worth an an invest yeah on netflix is this the best netflix series Ooh, interesting question. I would probably have to do some research. I'd, ha- I'd probably have to to sit down and actually, you know, it, we'd have to determine what because I my first instinct would be Black Mirror, but Black Mirror didn't start on Netflix. I would still count it because I think it was only like so, one season that wasn't officially was, in uh, one was, and a half, one or two. I think it was actually three. Really, I could be, I could be wrong about that. It was BBC. But, yeah. Um, so that's that's my probably my instinct call is to say Black Mirror is the best Netflix series. Um, but, I'd still, I, but I'd have to see everything down in front of me because of how good season three was. Because um, you know you can't. It's really difficult to put a see or a series sure. in the contingent if they only have two seasons. I think with three seasons you can get a pretty solid idea of how good a show is. I think honestly that it might be the best. It might be the best Netflix series. Yeah, I like Black Mirror. Um, you know the. I mean, man. Uh, if 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 Jessica Jones had continued off that first season, probably would say Jessica Jones, but mm. I didn't necessarily care for the other seasons. Arrested Development is technically a Netflix show now. No. Okay, but see, that's very similar to Black Mirror. So I, I think know. that the majority of Black Mirror though has been on Netflix as opposed to BBC. Uh, now that yeah, I think that might be possible because there's at this only what I guess I did just come out with a second season on Netflix. Um, I think Narcos is great. Um, but I would put Stranger Things above Narcos. I think uh, Glow is great, but I would put Stranger Things above Glow. I actually dig the OA, especially season two. Um, I hated the OA. Yeah, season yeah. two is really good though. So, uh, Josh five seven one in the chat was saying Master of None. I do like that show, but I I wouldn't put it above um, Stranger Things right now. I'm debating Ozark, uh, which is really good. I really enjoy Ozark, and I still think Stranger Things would be above that. Really, uh, you know, only thing if I'm looking at this is Black Mirror. That would be the only one I would really consider uh, above it. Yeah. So you talk about Big Mouth, maybe Big Mouth. Hard show to recommend, man. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. You gotta know. The what about person. Russian Doll? Russian Doll was great. <sighs> I only Not saw, enough time yet. No, here's the thing. I only saw three episodes of it though, yeah. because, because I'm like, I just saw uh, Groundhog's Day, and then um, I just saw Happy Death Day to you. Mm-hmm. So the whole dying and then you know doing over again thing, it was kind of. I was inundated. It came out at a time when I was like, man, this is, they're really leaning into this trope right now of, you know, doing days over, you know? Um, I also did uh, Dear White People. I think Dear White People is really good too. So Haven't that's, seen that's it. definitely worth a watch. But there's a lot of good stuff on Netflix. I think of the three seasons of Stranger Things. And again, I have not seen the last two episodes, but poor, even, poor Phil. <laughs> even not seeing those two I episodes, feel so bad. Um, I think this is the funniest season they've had. Uh, I've had more laughs in this season. Yeah, a lot of good humor. Yeah. Definitely a lot of good humor here. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There's some thoughts on Stranger Things 3 uh, that we have for you, and we will move on. Uh, to chat a little bit about the movie Stuber. Official police business. Go and see a friend. Take this. Oh, I am not touching that. It's a baby gun. It allows you to fire it while crying. Ladies and Mrs. 
an Uber? <laughs> Get angry! Stop that! Why are you laughing? Oh, this! This is the least! Oh! Oh! Stop me! You got a shot in the leg. Good for you, man. You shot your first guy. Oh! You're scared, Mr. Stu! When a mild-mannered Uber driver named Stu picks up a passenger who turns out to be a cop hot on the trail of a brutal killer, he's thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he desperately tries to hold on to his wits, his life, and his five-star rating. Uh, this is Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Batista doing a buddy comedy together. And uh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Hate is a strong word. Oh, I, I don't. Love, you know, we're already in a great place. I love that we start here. Here's the thing. I don't. I didn't hate this movie. Okay. But I literally can't think of anything I liked about it. Okay. Well, um, I'm firmly in the and didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but I, I can think of I can think of some things to say nice. Uh, well, good. So, so I will. <laughs> This is not a good movie, though. It's not. This is not a good movie. I was movie. actually really looking forward to this. I am very disappointed. Yeah. Um, I, I, it is one of those kind of movies that makes you challenge your preconceptions about actors. and th- like. I was thinking Dave Bautista might actually really be a good actor. And then I come out of this movie, I'm like, I think I was wrong. I think he I, just I think had an off movie. I think he was great as Drax. And I just don't. I like. He's bad in this. Yeah. Like, isn't he? He's really bad in this. Yeah. I, it's 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 very rough. Um, there's plenty of talk negative. Let's start with some sunshine, uh, which I guess only I have. Um, I realized why I didn't hate this movie because it reminds me the plot reminds me so much of Collateral, which is my top ten favorite <laughs> movies. Fair enough. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I didn't hate it is because you know it's it, it had kind of an homage to one of my favorite movies of all time, but at the same time, whew. Yeah, um, I, I I will say this. I liked Kamel Nanjiani. Um, I think he is hilarious. And I think through this movie, he has the only moments where I'm like, oh, that's funny. That was a funny line. That was a funny moment. And it's always Kumail. And it's always his delivery. It's not the writing in this movie. It's always his delivery. Um, and I just, so I'm a Kumail fan. And I, I thought he was funny in this. Uh, I didn't laugh or even break a smile at this movie at all. I don't think this movie's funny. With Kamel's character in particular, screaming does not equal comedy. There's a lot of screaming in this movie that they think passes off as something funny. Than, but it's more than that, Andrew. There there are moments where Kamel makes these throwaway jokes that are really clever and hilarious. Like there, there are just these moments where you know he'll he says something that's so extreme, but he says it so matter of factly. I just I love his personality, and I I, I mean our theater I don't know about yours uh, our theater there were a lot of laughs. My wife in particularly probably laughed every eight to ten minutes, and it was always at Kumail. It was always at something he did or said. We had a deadpan theater. Um, did you? Yeah, that's unfortunate. I did go at eleven at night, so. Yeah. Well, things can be funny at, at eleven at night. Normally, Sometimes that's even normally funnier. that's when things are really funny because you're like, <laughs> right, apples, exactly. You know, started getting those tired funny. giggles. Yeah. Um. So that's a point of disagreement. I think. Uh. I thought it was funny only because I think Kumail Nanjiani is funny and this movie is not. That's how I would say it. Um. But you didn't even think he was funny. You didn't think this movie was funny at all. So. No, I really didn't. It's a shame. I had such high hopes for this movie. Yeah. The premise, you know, like I said, it's something I enjoy. 
but it's also you know like all these two guys you know you have the big the big guy and the little guy is always a fun you know pairing mm-hmm. i don't think the chemistry between these guys works. that's another thing it's bad i don't know if it's dave or if it's just both of them together because I, i've seen them on talk shows recently and i thought it was like oh man these guys are gonna be great together they're great know? friends did you yeah. know this they're yeah. like they after this movie they've kept in touch they hang out they do stuff together yeah why is that not showing on the screen how do you mess that up when when actors have great chemistry in real life yeah. that has to translate to the screen and yet somehow you're right it doesn't and i also wonder if part of it is how stupid this plot is i mean this plot is inane it makes no sense and nobody's doing things that make any sense to their characters or what they would really be doing everything feels forced yeah. uh the dave batista you know is a giant jokes are just forced and cliche and awful yeah you know uh he he wears those uh, the whole glasses seeing thing is just a complete waste of time and a miss and the whole movie rests on it is like it's this big you know plot point i'll say this as somebody who's had LASIK surgery, yeah, they really didn't do their research on how LASIK <laughs> surgery works. They, well, you get the sense they don't care how anything works. They just wanted the the plot to do the plot things they needed the plot to do. <laughs> Normally, you know, you I say this for movies that have a grander scale than this. Mm-hmm. If you set up a rule for a movie like a universe, <laughs> you have to consistently follow the rules. Right. If you're saying that Dave Batista can't see in this movie, then he has to consistently throughout the movie, you know not be able to do things. There are scenes where he's like, what is that over there? And then he'll do something like three minutes later, like, oh, this you obviously can see now. Yeah. And then he's like, no, I can't see again. I'm like, you got to make up your mind. (laughs) It's Again, that's not how LASIK surgery works. No, it's it's really (laughs) bad. And they, they, they yada yada this relationship with his daughter that's supposed to be important, and yet the movie doesn't treat it like anything till it needs to. Um, They yada yada the, the, uh, possible romance with Kamel and this girl too that yeah. is you know and and his work situation is supposed to be a big part of it and that's yada yada and it's just like I, I i it is one of those movies where i'm like something happened i don't know whose fault it was i don't know who's it may have been just a combination of everybody trying you know fighting for their thing and this is what ended up on screen but uh but man the finished product is not great here so yeah. also if you are going to go through the trouble of getting a martial arts expert like Ico to be in a movie, okay, use him. <laughs> because the guy doesn't speak English, so having him say, like, what, one or two lines throughout the entire movie, you know, you're not building up a villain here. You're building up a fight scene in the future. So there's really no drive pardon the pun, for me to actually want to finish this movie. I don't know. I He's the most cliched black and white villain you've ever seen. Drugs. Bad yeah. drugs. Yeah. Get bad drug man. By the way, we don't pardon puns here. We elevate them. So you don't, you don't have to have your pun pardoned. But I don't have kids we'll or a family, it. so <laughs> whenever I do it, it just comes off as, you know, a poser. We promote puns. We don't par- pardon them. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, why? so cliche. And if you're going to do fight scenes with him, don't do the shaky cam quick cut Ugh. kind of stuff because you're wasting... A trained fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Who, you, you watch the Raid movies and you're like, this guy is like one of the most talented special effects, you know, you know, action stars we have. 
use him. You have Dave Batista, who is a professional wrestler. He has fought in the MMA. He knows how to actually fight. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have 14 quick cuts and shaky cams with these guys who know how to choreograph a great fight. With Kamel, I could understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never really done an amazing action scene before. So whenever that stuff comes to me, like, okay, with him, it's fine. These other guys, everybody's tired of quick cam or uh, quick cuts and shaky cams. Mm-hmm. People have been shouting that for who knows how long. Yeah. How has Hollywood not picked up on that? I don't that know. It's going to be a con every single time. One more thing. Uh, what's the message of this movie? What do you take away from it? Get lift. <laughs> Just don't get an Uber. Yeah. Um, I think it's supposed. I think it is supposed to be about cherishing the things that are important. I think that is underneath there somewhere with him and his daughter, with Kamel and the girl. Like, you know, there's there's some interesting thing, things they're, they're trying that could have been said about what is real and what isn't, right? Because you think of, and by the way, we're not doing a SIF spoil on this. There's We don't want to spend any more time in this. Um, this may be like tiptoeing up to spoilers for me to say this. I apologize. Uh, in, in some ways, we kind of don't. We don't even recommend the movie. We so. don't recommend the movie, so we're saving you some time. Anyways, all I'm going to say is this. Yeah. There's something that happens with this girl he's pursuing yeah. by the end of the movie. There's a change, right? And something out of nowhere happens where now it's different. And it's, you know. Yeah, there was no transition no period. No transition period in that. But I think the point of what that was supposed to be is what is real and what isn't. And here's the interesting thing that this script probably was at some stage. I'm betting this was also about um, the actual person as opposed to the stars that we give them. And that there was some sort of theme that had to do with we should rate people, uh, that we shouldn't rate people and stars. We should just have relationships and have actual authenticity with them. This movie does not care about exploring that in the least, but I think it was under there somewhere. And that is even more frustrating to me, because if you could have had a, you know, that kind of interesting, valuable message, you'd have collateral. (laughs) (laughs) That's what collateral is. Sure. Yeah, no, I get it. Tom Cruise putting Jamie Foxx in a horrible situation and him realizing throughout that night what is important in his life, uh, you know, one night can change everything and you realize what's important and you really need to capture what, you know, you you need to in life. Don't let life pass you by. Yeah. So, yeah, I 100% recommend Collateral. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> rent Collateral. Yes. Or buy it. I did. Uh, instead of doing that, anything with Stuber. Your, your one more thing is just My one more thing. Oh, yeah, no post credit scene in yeah. this. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. There's some uh, thoughts on Stuber. Thank goodness there's no post credit scene. Uh, obviously, rent. we are not recommending it. Yeah. Um, I think Kumail Nanjiani is is funny in this movie. Andrew <laughs> doesn't see anything positive there's in this movie. Literally, a scene in this movie where Dave Batista and Kumail are arguing with each other in the car, and Kumail's like, "I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this." And Dave Batista's like, "Do it, do it." And he's like, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Kumail just goes. All right, let's do this. There was a 180. I'm like, whoa. Like, people in my, I heard somebody in my theater go, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that transition is like, what? And there are several moments like yeah. that where it's just oh, like, 
for storytelling. There is actually one moment in this movie I actually laughed at. There no, we go. Yeah. I knew we'd find it eventually. Yeah, it technically was a Camille moment where he throws a propane can. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I did laugh at that part. I thought that was funny, too. Other than that, no. Nope. Well, there you go. There's some thoughts on Stuber for you. Uh, before we get to our Sift quest uh, for today... Uh, do you want to thank our Sif Pop members? You make everything possible. The podcast, uh, the YouTube channel, where the pod you can watch the you know the recordings of the video of the podcast. Uh, you know we do a hangout every month. Uh, thank you to Catherine Kuntz, who just became a five dollar a month uh, member of Sif Pop. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, also this week, Dylan became a five dollar uh, member a month nice. of Sif Pop. So thank you guys. Appreciate that. Uh, just go to Patreon is where we do it. Patreon.com slash SiftPop. And uh, that helps all this stuff happen. By the way, uh, just to mention, we've got those uh, Us Get Out uh, double pack of Blu-rays. The Jordan Peele double pack uh, that we're giving away. I think we've got three of those to give away. Anyone who is a member at the end of the month will uh, be in that drawing. As well as anybody who sends in a Sift Quest uh, for this month. So uh, we'll be doing those giveaways at the beginning of August. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for getting in on that. We appreciate it. Uh, it's really humbling to know that people actually give their own dollar bills uh, to keep us doing this. So we yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Patreon.com slash SiftPop if you are interested. All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. Uh, this one actually comes to us via video. So... Roll that beautiful bean footage. Hello, Sifties. It's Hay with all that film. It's said to do a Nigel Thornberry accent, so good eye. Um, but my question for you guys is, I actually wanted to have you guys guest on an episode where we do this, but I figure there's no better way than to introduce it on y'all's podcast. If you had to repick a Oscar award of this decade, which would you do? Uh my show all that film we're actually repicking uh the oscars year by year and we're deciding different films that should have won best picture best actor stuff like that um but if you guys could go back in time and pick to change one film from winning and pick another one to win otherwise what would you go back and change I'm trying to think i would go back in time and instead of Gary Oldman winning Best Actor, I'd probably let Timothy Chalamet win. That's one of my favorite performances of this decade. I think it just has a lot to it. Uh, it has a lot to say. Um, obviously, Green Book comes to mind, you know, replacing that with Roma. Um, so there's a decent, there's a well of great answers. So let me know what you guys think. Thanks. All right. Well, my first thought is put a shirt on, man. No. Like, what is, those what are, is this? Did you see those traps in those shoulders? <laughs> Guy lifts. Good for you. I don't, he may not even be wearing pants. That guy mm. may be naked. <laughs> we don't take naked Sif Pops or Sif Quests. Well, do you do a naked? Is it, is it a Sif Quest through a Naked and Afraid? I'm not wearing pants. Why can't <laughs> well, that's he? That's true. Fair enough. If yeah. Andrew doesn't wear pants, I guess you don't have to either. Exactly. Uh, thank you for that question. We appreciate that. Um, Interesting. And he's obviously trying to get on my good side by saying uh, he's Roma, making us gods. Roma over oh, Green yeah. Book. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so here it is. We get one Oscar winner we can change. So uh, let's each of us talk about first the ones that weren't the one we decided on. So as we are gods yes. and we can change history, um, which are the ones we considered? Yeah. So why don't you start? What do you? What's one you considered? 
This is one that you're not going to agree with. That's fine. Yeah. I don't know that you'll agree with mine either. Uh, they all are within like the last five years. Uh, I'm going to change best original song from 2017. Hmm. I'm changing La La Land City of Stars. Oh, come on. To Drive It Like You Stole It from Sing Street. I mean, really? Really, really. <laughs> I like, no, I like Sing Street. Drive It Like You Stole It's great. Yeah. City of Stars is better. But continue on. No. Okay. This is one that you know I'm going to be saying, obviously. I'm changing Best Picture Moonlight to Arrival. <laughs> That's not a bad choice. I mean, um, man, why don't I like Moonlight? I don't know. I'm not I'm not a huge fan either. Okay. But so many people are. And I, I feel bad. I'm like, I w- it's one of those things we say all the time. I wish I see, I saw the movie you see. Or, right. You yeah, know, yeah. something like that. You know, like... There's something there. I know there's something there. Whenever I watch that movie, I'm like, there is something there, and I know it's there, but I can't see it. But other people can. I, w- I would change it back to La La Land if it were me, but that's, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> hey, you, you you had your Oscar win for a couple seconds. Yeah, I had a couple seconds of that win. Yeah. Arrival didn't have anything that year. Yeah. So. Uh, so those were what you considered. Yeah, I got two more considerations. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, I'm changing in 2015 Best Supporting Actor. I'm changing Mark Rylance to Stallone. Interesting. Because he killed it that year, and Bridge of Spies is one of the most forgettable movies ever. I like, I like Bridge of Spies. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a nothing movie to me. Yeah. Um, you keep saying you are changing these, but you aren't, Andrew. As as this god, you only have the rights to change one. So you're considered... I, w- you, I consider you changing. You considered changing and these my, things. I just want to be clear. You can't actually do... Here's one that I... It was so close to being the one I changed. I considered changing Best Animated Feature from Big Hero 6 to the Lego Movie. Ooh. I was so close to picking that one. That year was interesting, right? Wasn't there a, a third one that was a... In the chat, someone just said How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah. 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 That was a fascinating <laughs> year because I loved all three of those. Like, Lego wasn't even nominated. Do you remember um, that? Well, I, Lego Movie won. No, the, it didn't. So, oh, sorry. sorry. Let me finish the sentence. Yeah. Lego Movie won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Animated Feature. Yeah. So, uh, so again, Andrew, another example of how we're picking the right movies. Although I, did, I didn't vote for it, I voted for uh, Big Hero, no Big Hero Six actually. Oh. Um, so thanks, Aaron. <laughs> but that was a fascinating year because we we voted Lego Movie. Um, the Oscars didn't even nominate it, yeah. and and ended up going with Big Hero Six. And then I think it was, there was a third body, I think it was the Golden Globes, maybe. And they did How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. And it was one of those fascinating where years. Every where every single movie yeah, won a different award. Won a different award. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was an interesting year. But it all comes down to my choosing. No, wait. You want me to do the ones I almost chose first, and then we'll, oh, yeah, then yeah. we'll okay, announce we the ones we actually chose? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I will tell you, I considered two other uh, ones that were really big on my heart. One of them is just because it is, I think it's one of the biggest injustices in Oscar history. Yeah. Uh, and that's the fact that Saving Private Ryan didn't win for Whoa, this picture. Hold up, son. He said in the past decade. Oh, did he? He did. Oh, no, that changes all my answers. Yes, it does, because that is the biggest injustice. Oh, in the past decade. Yeah. Well, I guess I've only got one then, and mm. it will be my answer. Okay. Um, but uh, but I'll tell you what the other ones I would... What I would have chosen was Vertigo, um, mm. if we weren't limited to the decade. Yeah. Uh, Vertigo is one of those movies... Um, 
one of those Hitchcock movies that was completely ignored. Almost yeah. all Hitchcock movies were completely ignored during awards season. Yeah. It got two nominations. Both were for, I think, visuals or, you know, um, I think visual effects or those kind of things. Yeah. Um, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. I think it was the 1958 Oscars or 59 Oscars, right around there somewhere. Mm-hmm. In a movie called uh, Gigi, I think won the best, you know, the famous movie Gigi that everybody's seen and raves about. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm <laughs> not saying, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I honestly haven't seen it. I'm just saying Vertigo should have beat it. Sure. Uh, Jimmy Stewart should have won Best Actor, wasn't even nominated. Like, yeah. you know, just down the line. This, the score should have been, you know, won. I, this is just such a spectacular movie on every level. Yeah. So that would have been my choice if I had heard the question correctly. Okay. Uh, and Saving Private Ryan was another one that, yeah. you know, obviously it's one of the big ones. And I just think if I actually had that choice, mm-hmm. I have to consider that. Yeah. If I had carte blanche over the entire Oscars, I think my pick would have been switching. Um, no, I go best actor. I would switch out and put Daniel Day Lewis for Gangs of New York to win mm. best actor. I think if I had over all the Oscars, that would be the big one I would switch. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully, I, one of my that I really considered was in the last decade, so and I'll use that as my I'll let you my go actual ahead. choice. You want me to go ahead and do it? Yeah. Uh, Inside Out for best picture. Mm. Um, I this I, this is the prime example to me of how subcategories can harm great movies um people filling out their ballot go yeah inside out was great spectacular whatever i'll vote for it for animated feature and they don't even consider it you know for best picture um if i'm not mistaken i don't even know that it was nominated for best picture for best picture um so it's kind of one of those things where i'm just like i mean there was a lot of great stuff that year uh and i get that but yeah, I, it's Spotlight won that year. Great movie. I love Spotlight. It's fine. I think Inside Out's a better movie. So yeah. I really do. It says more. It means more. Uh, it's 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 more I'm impacting. Push back on that. It's you know it's deeper. I guess I mean deeper. Yeah. So and I understand what Spotlight is talking about is an important, valuable thing to talk about yeah but it's all right there in the story it's not something that's layered or you know metaphorical in any way and so in that that of course is a me thing that's something i you know i prioritize that maybe you know other people don't pixar so and pixar yeah so so i think that's the the one i would change Mm-hmm. So Revenant came out that year as well, by the way. So that would have been another. That was huge the other choice. big one that people were surprised uh, lost to uh, Spotlight because yeah. I think that was also the year of uh, the Big Short, and people thought that was going to correct. Win. It was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so my actual pick. Yeah, what are you actually picking? Twenty fourteen. I am changing Best Picture from Birdman to Whiplash. Ooh. Because. I think over time people are realizing that while Birdman is really good, that Whiplash is possibly the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> it's really good. Like, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. There is perfect performances by both of these guys. Um, I think people, whenever they saw Birdman, they just looked at the technical aspect of a quote-unquote one-shot movie, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, it's it's beautiful. It's in your Uritu, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm totally on board with this change, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, we, I think in hindsight, Whiplash was the best movie made that year. Yeah, no, um, I agree. J.K. Simmons obviously won for best supporting actor. It's going to go down as one of the greatest performances of all time. I think you know that now that I'm thinking about that. I think maybe next week a fun, not a Sif quest because I don't want to steal somebody's Sif quest. We should talk a list our top 
five performances of all time. Mm. Man, I don't I don't know that I want to. Whew, that's tough. Is it? Yes, for me. You don't have them listed already? No. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. I haven't. Well, then maybe I'll the give you a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can do that. Maybe we do it in conjunction with an award show or something. Oh, that'd be good. We do it do it with that. Yeah. But um I, I I'm not trying to take anything away from Birdman. I love Birdman. But I think as time has gone on I really like Birdman. I don't even know if I love it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, good. Yeah. Maybe it's one of the things I just need to rewatch it, you know, and I'll I'll see the magic. Because it was crazy. <laughs> I, I I saw Birdman first. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I went and saw Whiplash. So I left the theater of Birdman. I'm like, oh, that's obviously best picture. That's yeah. obviously best picture. Um and then the next day I went and saw Whiplash. I'm like, that might be the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But I I could understand at the time why people chose Birdman. But now looking back at it, I'm like, no, it's I think injustice is actually a usable word for this because the they're so in different leagues. Whiplash is such a better movie. Yeah. It's the best movie possibly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think technically it's the best movie ever made. It's not my favorite movie ever made, but I think technically it's the best movie. I mean, I'm not willing to go that far, but it sure is great. Um, Yeah, I I would be on board with that. I was just looking at the the Oscar nominations for 2016, which is the Inside Out year, and it was not even nominated for Best Picture. What am I thinking of? It was a Pixar movie that actually was nominated for Best Picture. There were a few. Um, Toy Story 3 was nominated for Best Picture. That's what I'm thinking of. But that was Um, in 2010, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... So here we go. Uh, Bridge of Spies was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, it was. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. So yeah. there's another. Uh, keep that nomination. Spotlight, keep that nomination. Revenant, keep that nomination. Big Short, keep that nomination. We mentioned all those. The Martian, also that year. Keep oh, that yeah. nomination. Jeremy loves that movie. Um, Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. I, have I still no haven't pro- seen. Oh, wait. Have I seen, that's the Cersei Ronan movie. Yes. Yeah, I've seen Brooklyn. Um, so I have no problem with that. And then Room, which was the Brie Larson Room. Oh, gosh, Room. That's a that's a movie. So it was a packed year. I get it. It was a packed year. I've just, I've never experienced, you know, anything like Inside Out, at least that year. So yeah. I probably would have gone Inside Out, Revenant, Mad Max, then Spotlight. I would take. Maybe even Martian, then Spotlight. I would take out Bridge of Spies and I would put in Creed for Best in- Picture. Instead of Inside Out. No, it's no. I'm talking about for nominations. I would take out oh, Bridge see. of Spies and replace it with Creed right. for nominations. I still wouldn't pick it to win. I would pick The Revenant maybe to win yeah. this picture. Yeah. Well, yeah. you blew your choice on something else, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think honestly, I'm I'm totally okay with having Whiplash. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, the, the one I hear a lot going back to a culmination of all Oscars yeah. is people would switch out Crash for um, yeah. I wouldn't. That's a though. big one. Crash is. I'm like the one of four people in the world who you, thinks crash you, is. You really are. Maybe yeah. even one of three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I wish I want people to see what I see when I see that movie because that's yeah. like a top movie for me. Yeah. And then I hear people are like, "Man, Crash, really? That movie was horrible." I'm like, "What? Yeah. What movie did you see? I love the, that movie. The uh, the the one that was horrible. That's the one I saw. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> that scene with Michael Pena and his daughter makes me ball every time I see it. Fair enough. Yeah. Every movie deserves deserves somebody championing it. Well, maybe not every movie, 
But most movies deserve somebody championing them. <laughs> Stuber. Whoever's out there who wants to champion Stuber. Stuber deserves somebody. Stuber deserves somebody who loves that movie and tells people how much that movie is awesome, right? I, I know two people, Dave Batista and Camille Nanjiani, <laughs> who would champion that's, that's that movie. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Okay. You want me to go first? That's totally up to you. What do you think? All right. Flip a coin? Well, that's the same on both sides. <laughs> That's oh, way it too is, heavy. It that is would damage. Metal. Yeah, that would damage the table. No, we're good. Go ahead, Andrew. Go All ahead. Right. So I was going to have my buried treasure be an animated show that I picked up that okay. I thought was going to be great called Tokyo Ghoul. I watched the first season and it was great. I watched the second season and it was horrible. Aww. So I had to go with another one that I just found the other day and it blew my mind because apparently Japan does everything better than us. We have BattleBots, you know, great yeah. show. Oh yeah, they have sumo robots okay and it is insane i have phil pulling up a video here so this is just to get people to come along look how this is an audio podcast andrew (laughs) you keep saying those robots look at them look how fast they're going though (laughs) and it's all magnetized so they're magnetized to this metal plate underneath and they just it's just to push them off and the fact that they can control these robots going so fast and that have that kind of you know uh what quick reflexes so to do this? I guess what I'll say about this video, since this is an audio podcast, uh, is that <laughs> says one th- the guy who ha- who picked a uh, video sift quest for us to do that. <laughs> but you can still hear what he's saying. Yeah. Um. In what these are all very similar robots. It's not like you know when you said sumo ro- robots, I was thinking of you know big lumbering. Yeah. You know, but these are all basically just tiny little robots yeah, about the size of your shoe. Yeah, about the size of your shoe that are trying to push each other out of this circle and. And um, they go, they go fast, insanely fast. Yeah. So, and it's it, obviously I, I had Phil mute it, mm-hmm. but the sound they make is actually kind of terrifying. <laughs> it's like because it's a magnet like scraping against uh, you know the floor, and just, yeah. and whenever they collide with each other, I you, guess that you one s- has wings. Yeah, they like to uh, flap the other one off. By the way, I got to tell you, I'll take BattleBots over this any day. Really? Yeah. I think that this is so much quicker than BattleBots. Right. I think that this is something you don't really consume as a uh, a sport. As like a fight or a match. Yeah, it's more of you know a YouTube clip you can exactly. That's what I. That's that's my way to say it. But if you're wanting to watch an actual show, easily BattleBots. And by the way, this season of BattleBots. Is really fun so far. It is. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Both both Ninja Warrior and BattleBots are having great seasons. The um, um, the introduction of the uh, Tower of Power. Yeah, the Power Tower. The Power Tower. Yeah, the Tower of Power is those two firefighters <laughs> that do it. But um, having that is a game changer. It is. And, it's really uh, cool. Yeah, BattleBots. I'm always a huge fan of Minotaur. So well, then it's been an interesting season for you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> trust me, I, I know. Yeah. All right, my buried treasure is, speaking of uh, robots and building things, uh, who would think that Aaron had found yet another reality show to watch this summer? What? Um, I'm going to go with Savage Builds. Oh, um, I love Adam Savage. Have you watched any of the show? No, I've seen uh, clips of his Iron Man suit. So Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, okay, so what's fascinating about this, if you know Adam Savage, of course, from Mythbusters is yeah. where he became famous. I mean, how many seasons of Mythbusters did they do? Fifteen. Um, wow, is that real? Did you really have so. that information right there? On that's amazing. Give me two seconds. Well, 
they're picking up. I'm not trying to steal, you know, your your uh, buried treasure. I think right. that they're bringing back MythBusters with a new cast. Oh, are they? Yeah, I knew they did MythBusters Junior or something like that, um, which was fascinating. But anyways, it was funny because MythBusters, MythBusters originally was about what taking things that people said and busting those myths, right? Yeah, 15. So, 15. Nicely done. 15 seasons. <laughs> um, and what it became over time was Adam Savage just getting guilty, giddy about, blowing, build, stuff. about <laughs> blowing stuff up and building stuff, right? Yeah. Well, that's what they've done with this show is like, here, Adam, have a show that's actually built around you just building stuff and blowing it yeah. up and doing crazy cool things. And in the first episode, he literally builds an actual Iron Man suit. It is one of the most fascinating Fascinating things I've seen, the work in, that went into it, the 3D printing of the titanium armor. Like, just, it's insane that he's being allowed to do this yeah. kind of stuff. I'm not, um, it's fascinating. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but the uh, the actual propulsion system that allows him to fly in this suit mm-hmm. is a uh, product. Like, I guess he just knows the people who have been oh, working yes. on this. Oh, of course, yeah. So, I'm not trying to take anything away. Obviously, he's building a fully working actually looks like iron man right. suit um it's so fun though yeah the episode's great the way they go through the process is great one of the episodes they try to recreate this weapon from uh like world war Two that just completely failed but they think they can figure out how to make it work and so like the goal so it's interesting because every episode is just kind of a new um like challenge it's just like oh what if we did this and they just think really big and it's really fun so i think there are four episodes out there may be a fifth one that actually airs tonight yeah. uh, we record this on saturdays so help me with this uh whenever i see commercials for it it always says watching on discovery id so is it only an online thing or can you actually watch it on like a well, discovery channel as well i think mine records right off the discovery channel okay so um i could maybe maybe it is no no no. i think it records if off you the watch, discovery channel okay because um, they always I have youtube tv which is where i do all my dvr stuff uh, so okay yeah so yeah because it always it may just be because i'm watching on discovery id the app mm-hmm. that they say you can watch it on discovery id i didn't know if it was like an online only show okay. which would be foolish you know, with a name like Adam Savage. Yeah, know? yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. I wanted to put it out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I just binged all four that are out there, like, within this last week. So I just finally got around to checking it out, and I was hooked, like, immediately. Yeah, so they had the White Rabbit Project, which was the uh, the other three hosts. Oh, but, right, yeah, which, yeah. Um, now we just need Jamie Heineman to have his own show. I think Jamie's good. I don't think he ever was keen on being on TV. Uh, I, I don't... You know they didn't like each other, right? No, I didn't know that. Adam and Jamie actually really don't like each other in real life. You know, I mean, you hear that about a lot of famous pairs. Mm-hmm. You know, like we hate each other. We, we sure. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. obvious through everything. Yeah. But uh, no, you hear that about a lot of famous pairs, mm-hmm. and it's not so, creating things together is hard, and it's magic when it works with somebody you actually like to spend time with in real life. Yeah. I am fortunate enough that I have several of those relationships where it's like it works creating and also we like hanging out like that's yeah. really cool but it doesn't always happen that way Maybe one day we'll get to that level <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i guess like whenever they went to like comic-con and stuff people would ask him like so how's it working with each other and adam and jamie would just blatantly say we're not gonna lie we don't like each other but we respect I I, but we respect yeah. each other's 
we we don't think we're smarter than the other person. We know where right. our strengths and where the other person's strengths are. I think are. they probably, I mean, I, I don't know because I haven't seen the clip, but I would guess they would be uh, at least political enough to say things like, we're not the best of friends or that kind of thing, than to actually come out and say, you know, we hate each other. They don't say we hate each other. like, we're never going to hang out. Right, we, yeah, that We don't kind of like thing. each other. Yeah, sure, I get that. Yeah. I th- actually think that's really mature. You know, I yeah. think there's a real maturity there uh, to understanding that and, yeah. and just knowing what it is. But I think even beyond that, Jamie Heineman never struck me as somebody who was happy to be a TV star. You know, it's like one of those things where it's just like he he, he was a he great just, co-host because you can make fun of him. He just wants to build stuff and he has a walrus mustache. I yeah. mean, you know, what more do you need? Adam's the one beret. that has the big personality. Exactly. And that's why I think the show is going to have some legs to I it. I have met Adam Savage as well. Really? Yeah. Is he as fun as I think he, he is? Was, he was great. He's awesome had a great yeah. conversation with him oh, so he's a cool yeah. guy yeah so there you go we also, did it man Woo! we did a podcast yeah that, that was actually a really fun podcast. that's our iron man suit yeah our- <laughs> <laughs> every week we come in here and we toil away at building a podcast for you yeah it's, it's hard work we're, we're like a mock one uh, podcast still yeah. though one day we'll get to the mock 11 you that's know, right that's right we'll get there a, eventually a, a a nanotech suit that physically doesn't work or be ready by for physics uh, for the nanotech podcast from yeah. sif pop it will be coming soon yeah the tv is actually just gonna just come from nothing yeah that's what nanotech is by the way yeah that's something from nothing yeah that's that's obviously how it works <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media, or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out Thank today. You, Appreciate you being here. You can check him out at Flick Freaks on the social medias. Post once every couple months. Uh, thanks to producer Phil for doing the magic. Yeah. Uh, absolutely cre- you know, creating in this visual space, in this audio space. He does it all. Uh, so thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for sitting through some spoilers from the last two episodes of Stranger Things 3 in the spoiler oh, cast. And we're not even there yet and I feel bad for him. Uh, much love and gratitude as well to our members of Sif Pop. You make the magic happen in a very real way. Uh, support starts at three bucks a month. There's different levels with different perks uh, that come along with them. If uh, you'd like to support us, you can go there and check it out. We hang out every month in a video hangout. Uh, you get your own bonus episodes. Bonus episode uh, this week just kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> the Google Home Thanks, device. Google. <laughs> the Google Home device decided uh, to patch in Dustin from uh, Stranger, from Stranger Things. Things out of nowhere. We had so a fun conversation. We with had him. an interesting conversation, and so we're going to try to. Uh, Phil's going to try to do his magic on that and put that in the in the uh, member show somewhere. And then we also had other conversations that I thought were interesting and fun. So yeah. Uh, so all that's in the member show, and that has its own podcast feed, by the way, uh, for our members. Uh, all that happens at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Uh, you can also connect with us uh, through email at feedback at SIFPOP.com. You can help the podcast out in a huge way by commenting, rating, leaving a review, all that kind of stuff. Apple Podcasts, a very great place to do that. Throw some stars at us. And finally, if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like it too so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than throwing a gun accurately uh we'll be back with some spoiler chat on stranger things three next up in your podcast feed and then next week we've got the abomination i don't know i just thought i'd throw that in that is uh disney's remakes i'm just trying to be the people who think every disney disney remake is awful we're gonna talk about lion king A little indie film. A little indie film called Lion King.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.